All right, we are continuing our series, Perfect Work. We're in week two, and uh, I got to tell you this, there's so much here for today's message. Um, I, I couldn't fit it all in, and I'm just telling you, it's going to spill out in other services and in other sermon series and throughout the entire year, because our theme for the year is for us to mature, to have God do his perfect work within us. And uh, one of the things we've seen is we've led thousands of people to faith in Jesus Christ, and I don't believe that's going to stop. And we're going to see thousands more come into faith. But we're going to focus this year on maturing our body, helping us to understand that we're in this growth that God wants us to mature. And so that's why we're kicking off the year with this. And for those of you that missed last week or just as a refresher to remind you where we're at, we talked about that God wants us to mature and he's given us all that we need to mature. Everything we need. Second Peter 1.3 talked about that God's given us everything we need, that the Holy Spirit is working within us to help us to mature. And that's an amazing thing that we don't have to do it in our own strength, that God gives us the ability to mature. And then we talked about that maturity is not knowing the Hebrew and the Greek, okay? Some people have a misconception that if I know the Greek word, that makes me mature. It may give you more insight into what the word of God says, but being a mature follower is not knowing the Greek, it's being obedient. No amens on that, all right. It's being obedient, all right. And we talked about milk, those milk obedience things that you do, the simple things of obedience and understanding the simple things about God. Those are the milk things. And as you're obedient in those areas, God calls you to go to another level of maturity. And we looked at what a mature believer looks like. I had about 25, 26 things in my sermon. I think I hit about 12, and, and then I sent the rest of the things out to the life group leaders, which incidentally, um, just to put it in perspective, we normally have about 900 people in any week in life groups, okay? This last week, we had just under 3,000 people last week in life group. Isn't that cool? Now, if you did not join a life group, you can still join. Matter of fact, I was out of town. I was actually out of the country, and uh, I did FaceTime, and I joined my life group. I said, the only thing I ask is that you don't pass the iPad around and people do selfies with Pastor Rob on their lap, you know? And so they put me in a little chair, and I was right there on the screen, and I was like talking to him. Um, but I'm in. I'm in on the life group thing, and, and it's so good to see you doing this. If you didn't join a life group, you still can join one. Okay, you, they're not closed groups. Nobody's going to look down on you like, where were you last week? Come on. You know, that, we're happy. We want you to join this. You'll get more out of the series. And I just heard rave reviews from people about this. So let's get in the life group, be a part of it. There's a booklet that goes with this. Okay, so picking up, uh, growth is not optional. All of us are supposed to grow. All of us are supposed to mature. But the problem is we can stop our growth. We have the ability to stop it. It's not optional to grow, but somehow in us, we have the ability to say, I don't want to grow any further than this. This is as far as I want to go. And we're going to look at this in the text. And I want to talk to you about being a spiritual infant, a child, a, a young adult, and a mature believer. So four categories. Now, in our text, it's kind of implied that there are infants and children and adults. And people have broken it down basically into four groups. Um, there's a great book called Real Life Discipleship that I read last year, um, and it breaks it down into infant, child, uh, young adult, and then mature believer. So I'm kind of using that as the template. And then um, I'm going to have an illustration up here with some people. 
Um, they're going to set up while I'm reading the text here. Um, hopefully you're not too distracted. They're going to be an illustration for me. So let's read Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant, catch that, being an infant is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. All right, so I've got my people here that are coming up to help me out, and they're going to help me so that I can help you relate to this text. There's spiritual infants, there's children, there's uh, young adults, and there's mature believers. And I want to let you know that, uh, okay, Tammy is going to represent our spiritual infant. And just to put this in context, Tammy gave her life to the Lord last year towards the end of the year, got water baptized, so she really is a spiritual infant. Can we say congratulations for her finest faith? So good. All right, and then Jorge is going to represent our child in the faith. And I can let you know that Jorge has been a follower of Jesus Christ for a little over a year. And uh, just like real children, I've seen incredible growth in him. He's friends with our boys, Connor and Logan, and uh, has been part of their life groups. And I've just seen incredible growth. But he's going to represent the child. Now, Aaron is going to represent the young adult. And I will say this, uh, Aaron was picked on purpose because he can handle it, because he's going to get under attack in this sermon. All right? <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, this is, the, this is the stall point in our growth, okay? And then Pastor Greg. Pastor Greg is our associate uh, campus pastor here at Apple Valley, and uh, we picked him for the mature believer because he is the mature believer, and not only that, he has gray hair, all right? So we picked him. It's a good kind of, it works, all right? So I want to let you know that uh, a new believer, a new believer, when they uh, start to follow Jesus Christ, they're a spiritual infant, they accept what God has said and they accept it and they just say, I believe that Jesus will forgive me of my sins. It's an amazing thing. And then you see the child in the faith starts to receive more and believe and they start to receive, they start to spiritually grow. You start to see that the young adult, spiritual young adult, knows how to behave and you see that the mature spiritual follower of Jesus Christ starts to have a depth of character in them. Here's the thing that happens. The uh, child in the faith, the spiritual infant, says things like, I don't know all the things about God, but I know this. I like it. I like it. The child maybe learns things that are simple in the faith, like the B-I-B-L-E, you know, that's the book for me. I mean, they, they got some simple things. And then here's what happens. The, the spiritual young adult moves from the B-I-B-L-E and they start to wrestle with the why and the what, okay? They start to wrestle with the why and the what, and that's a good thing. Maybe you're here and you're wrestling with the why and the what of following Jesus and what the word of God says and you're wrestling with it. That's okay, that's good, that's normal. But here's what happens. The mature believer has wrestled with the why and the what and has come through to the other side and can not only wrestle with it, but they can explain the why and the what. 
That's a mature believer. A mature believer can explain why. The, the, the young follower of Jesus Christ is like, I, I don't know all of it, but I know that Jesus forgives me of my sins. The young child says, I'm following Jesus in water baptism because he wants me to. The, the mature young adult is, is kind of wondering like, why the baptism? What does that mean? And what's the symbolism of that? And does everyone need to be baptized? And the, the mature believer says, here's what it is. It's symbolic of you used to be with Christ yourself and now you died to yourself and you're now alive in Christ. And here's why everybody needs to do this. It's an outward sign of an inward change and they can explain it. You see the process. Okay, so I'm gonna give a few things just in the natural with children and also spiritual. How many know that um, when it comes to eating, how many know, let's take this with eating. Um, how many know that a, a, a baby just takes what you give them? right? And the baby's like, where's the bottle? I want it, all right? And when you are a new infant in Christ in our church, we actually do something for you to help you to understand the Word of God because you need to eat and get the Word of God in you. We have a book called Now What? And I didn't know this in an earlier service, but I said all of our new believers get the Now What book, and Tammy did get that book, okay? So she got that book, and in that, we pick some scriptures, and we're giving you the milk. We're giving you what people would say like the highlights, and we're making it real easy to digest, and we're giving that to you. Then you start to grow, and you get more into the word. And how many know that you start to uh, eat more of it, but you maybe can't understand all of it? And how many know, just like in the normal world, a child needs a mature adult to cut their food up for them? How many know that? I can remember we'd be feeding the kids, and we'd be cutting up. I'd be like, did we cut it up into small enough pieces? Because the child is learning to eat more, but they need to be able to have it cut up. The young adult starts to know how to feed themselves, and they know how to eat, but how many know sometimes they eat bad food? (laughs) How many know that the young adult sometimes complains about what's for dinner? Complains about what they're eating, and the mature adult says, hey, I provided this, I'll cut the food up for you, Uh, hey, we're going to eat this with joy, and you can learn to chew on it, and I'm going to help you in the process. Okay, so that's another thing. Um, When it comes to money, let's just use this again, in the spiritual journey. Now, you can self-identify. You can figure out where you're on the journey by some of these things that I'm talking about in the sermon. How many of you when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you know, nobody says, hey, welcome to the church, now give us all your money. How many of you that doesn't happen? You're like, I'm glad it doesn't. All right, you know, it doesn't happen. But how many of you you're like, wow, somebody paid for all this. This is so cool. The nursery is furnished. All right. And when it comes to money, you really don't have a clue about it. Then you become uh, somebody that follows Jesus and you're a child in your walk with God and you see the offering go by. So you're like, I'll throw a little something in there. That feels pretty good. I'll throw in, I'll throw in a little bit. And all of a sudden you go to the next stage of growth with money and you're a young adult and you're like, tithing? 10%? How much does God want anyways, you know? I mean, I thought money was for me and my stuff. And, and wait a minute. I mean, I don't know if I want to go any further with this money thing. And then how many of the mature adult says, I'm a steward of everything that God has given me. Everything is his. Tithing, man, that's just the entry point. How much more can I give? How much more can I do? God, what if I have the ability to make so much that I can bless you and and take care of all these other people? I can pay for the nursery for those that are not yet here. Man, I get it. I'm maturing in the process. In every area of our life, there's a maturing process that's going on. Okay, here's another one. Let's take sin, for instance, okay? When it comes to sin, the infant is just like, oh, thank God, I have been forgiven of my sins, that's an amazing thing. That's, that's their concept. They understand, I thank God I've been forgiven of my sins. Then when you become a spiritual child, here's what happens. 
the Holy Spirit starts taking the things out of you that don't line up with a follower of Jesus Christ. And so here's what it feels like. It feels like the Holy Spirit says, no, don't touch that. No, don't touch that. Don't touch that. How many know, right? And you know what this process is called? It's called sanctification. The Holy Spirit is starting to get the things out of you as a child that are harmful to your walk, that don't line up to what a mature believer like Jesus would look like. And so the Holy Spirit starts saying, don't do that, don't do that. And when you're new in the faith and you're growing, it's a lot of do nots. It's a lot of do nots. And most of the things that the Holy Spirit starts working on you is the things he needs to get out of your life that will hinder you from maturing. Now this spot, usually there's a little bit of that do not but there's a new transition right here. It turns into do this. And most of the sins that happen in this spot are the sins that you won't do in obedience to God. Oh, you got the list. You no longer drink and chew and go with girls that do. You got it, right? You know, you got that down. Okay. Oh, but here's the thing. God starts calling you to these things. Add this, add this, add this. You're like, "Uh uh-uh. I am not sharing my faith. No, I'm not going on a global. No, I'm not going to give them a, no. And you see what happens? These disobedience blockers here become the things that keep you from being a mature believer. Now, a mature believer still struggles with things. Sometimes there's a besetting sin that's there and you still struggle with it. God gives you the victory. We thank God that he gives us the power to overcome it. And as you mature, that list gets shorter and shorter and shorter that you struggle with. But sin's always there waiting for you. But the mature believer is always challenged to go and do more, to step out more. And there's always a challenge there. And usually your sins in this area are sins of disobedience from things you know you should be doing, myself included. It wasn't that long ago, just a few months ago, and uh, I was at a place, and God said, go talk to that person. And I was like, well, they look kind of busy, you know. And he's like, go talk to that person. I was like, I don't know, but he's like, you know, they look, you know. He's like, go talk to them. And then the person left, and I missed the moment. And I felt the Lord say, I told you to talk to them. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that I was disobedient. You see, it was something the Spirit was calling me to do, and I didn't do it. That was sin. That was disobedience. And that's where a mature believer many times struggles. Okay, one last example, and then we'll move on to Hebrews 5.11. But I want to talk to you about suffering. Here's what happens in suffering. When the new young infant in the faith has suffering, we just offer a lot of comfort to the new believer. We give them comfort. They don't understand the complexity of it, but we give them comfort. And if I can illustrate that, how many know it's one of the worst days as a parent when you have to take your child to the doctor for immunizations? It's like a good day, your baby's happy, and all of a sudden the, the baby's in the office like, what is this? And all of a sudden the doctor pokes him and they're like, ah! And they look at you like, how could you? How could you? And they can't explain it, but you know what they're thinking, right? And so you just offer comfort, 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 comfort in their suffering, right? Now, here's what happens in suffering for a child. It's complex, and they can't fully understand it. And we try to explain the truth of it, but sometimes we blow it with kids and we tell them the wrong thing. We're like, that bad doctor, doctor's not bad. That light and momentary affliction and suffering is working a greater good, but sometimes we simplify it. And don't oversimplify it with children. Let's make sure we're pointing them in the right direction. Now, here's what happens to the spiritual young adult with suffering. They say, God, fix this now. Now. 
I don't want to deal with this. I don't go through. I thought, God, if I served you, I had a blessing bubble around me and I'd be perfect. I'm angry. And then they say things like this, God, if you don't heal my dad, I'm walking. Huh? You don't heal me, I am walking. I will not serve you. And I've seen a lot of people blow it right here with suffering because they walk away from God because suffering comes and they say, I'm not, I'm out, I'm out. Now here's what a mature believer does in suffering. They say, God, I don't like it, but I love you. I love you. And here's what I know, God. I know that my healing or my miracle has already been taken care of. I want it to move to my now. And if it doesn't move to my now right now, guess what? I'm staying faithful. I'm serving you no matter what. I'm not walking. You are life. You are everything. And I've been through enough battles to know that you'll get me through this. And I am staying. And I know that even in my suffering and in my pain, when I show up at church to my life group, when I go on the global team, when I do whatever, when I give out of my need, I am a blessing to the rest of the body because they see me staying true to you even in my suffering. That's a mature believer. Okay, so we have this whole process that's going on. And the writer of Hebrews says something that we can do. We can stop it. Hebrews 5.11 in the New International Version says, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. The ESV version says, about this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you become dull of hearing. I love what the Amplified says. It says, concerning this, we have much to say, which is hard to explain since you become dull in your spiritual hearing and sluggish, even slothful in achieving spiritual insight. He's saying, you become sluggish. You've just decided you're gonna stop. You're You're gonna say, that's it. That's as far as I go. I'm not going any further. And he said, that's not right. You can't do that. It's a dangerous spot to be in. You are like the underachieving athlete or the underachieving student and you're never reaching your full potential and you're in danger of getting involved in the wrong crowd and losing out on all the blessings. You hear the truth and you don't respond. You don't obey. It's a dangerous spot to be. You're dull, you're slothful. And you know what happens? Dull Christians go through the motions. And going through the motions gives you a form of godliness with no power and no strength. And people that just go through the form look dead. They look spiritually dead. They are dying on the inside. You may be uh, uh, at church and you're going through the motions and there's nothing there. You've stopped. There's a level of obedience and God said, do this. You're like, no, I'm not doing that. And all of a sudden you get stuck there and you become dull of hearing. And here's how we become dull of hearing. We become so preoccupied, we don't want to hear the sermon because the sermon is dangerous, because the sermon calls us to another level of obedience. So we do anything we can to distract ourselves from being around the things of God, but we show up at Christmas and Easter to hear the same old, same old. We become dull of hearing. And here's another thing. Even if you're in church all the time, you can become dull of hearing, like the writer of Hebrews says, and you get custom-made earbuds to go in there. And they're just dull buds, you know? And they're right there. And they make it so that when the word is being preached, when the things of God are being preached, when the spirit of God is convicting you, it's like Charlie Brown's teacher. Womp, 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 womp. And you're in church, it's like womp, 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 tithing. Womp, 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 kingdom builders. Womp, 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 you know, global team. Womp, womp, womp. And you can talk the talk afterwards. Oh, yeah, global team, tithing, yeah, whatever. But you're not doing it because you have the dullness of hearing. 
That's why so many churches are dying because people are dull. They don't want to mature. It's, it's in our church too. And we're not exempt. People, if they stall out, you're going to become dull and you're going to become vulnerable because our first text in this series, James 1 verses 2 through 4, this is why it's dangerous if you don't keep growing. James 1, 2 through 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, here's the thing. James is saying, count it all joy when you fall into trials and tribulations. Here's what's happening. You're on a spiritual journey for God, and there's an enemy to your soul that wants to destroy you. And the thing he wants to destroy in you is your faith and your obedience. Every step of the way here, your faith is what helps you to grow. It's saving faith. It's understanding faith. It's faith of the obedient things that God wants you to do. It's faith to believe God for greater things. And there's a faith journey that you're on. And the enemy's plan is to kill your faith and to stunt you and to stall you. And so you, you, you get this ability that you just stop and you hear the word and you don't obey and he just starts to tear you apart. And if you don't watch it, you won't keep moving forward and you're vulnerable. Now, here's the thing. If you're stalled and you're right here in this group and you're not doing the right things, if you're stalled and you're attacked, you're vulnerable and you can lose out because the enemy will attack you here. For some reason, it seems like we take care of the babies, we take care of the kids, and then when people get to about this level, we say, hey, you're good, you're good, keep growing. And so a little bit of covering falls off them for some reason in this spot. And the enemy attacks them. And if they're not moving forward, they're vulnerable to losing out. They don't have the life group there for them. They don't have the word of God. They stop reading. They're like, I read it. I got it. They don't get it in them daily. They don't do the things. They have these things. And they don't have that life. And they're vulnerable. And this should be, it's going to be a testing field. Can I just be really honest with you? It's going to be a testing field right here. Right here. This is where it happens. Because the enemy attacks you in those trials and tribulations. The only way you can get to this level is through trial and tribulation. I wish I could tell you, man, it's just easy. All you do is read the Bible three more times and you get it. Okay? But it's trials and tribulation that gets you here. I wish I could tell you, Tammy, that there's never going to be a trial, but I'd be lying to you. It's going to be part of your thing. Now, here's what happens here. Because it's trials and tribulations and struggles, people say, well... I don't want to go any further. If it's trials and struggles, I want to stay right here. I've heard people actually say this. Don't sign up for a global team. Once you do, you get under spiritual attack. <laughs> stay a baby. It's way better. You know? That's lame. I mean, that's lame. Okay, yes, you're going to get attacked. But you know what the word says? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And why would you ever make a deal with the devil? I'll just stay a baby if you don't bother me. Does the devil keep his deals? Okay, so you're going to be attacked and there's going to be trials and tribulation, but you can make it through to spiritual maturity. That's how it happens. Now, I want to let you know this. What James was saying, count it all joy, get ready, because you get next level living when you go through the troubles and the trials. You get next level living, you go to another level. And I want to let you know this. The trials that they were talking about were way worse than anything you and I could face. That's right. They were talking about imprisonment, death, 
Think Colosseum, lions, crucifixion. They were thinking they could lay it all on the line. They were thinking like, hey, you could get stoned, like with stones, you know, you could get stoned and you could, you know, live to tell about it with a deformities, right? <laughs> I had to clarify that for some of the young adults in our room. And he's saying, count it all joy when those things happen. And here's our list. You may get mocked. You may lose a friend. You may be labeled the crazy neighbor. You may have trials and tribulation and lose a job. And we're like all terrified for that. Come on, let's man up. Let's realize God's called us to get through these things and get to the other side and be mature. Come on. I, I saw the other day, the Assembly of God Church in Indonesia was being attacked by a mob of people. And they were covering it on CNN News. We didn't see it here, but on CNN Global, it was there. And they had monks like climbing the gates of the church and attacking the pastors. And I thought, seriously, seriously, we need to step up and say, God, I count it all joy when I face anything that stretches my faith and takes me to another level. I'm going to get through it. Can I say this? Um, I want to speak to our teenagers for just a second. Not young adults spiritually. I'm talking teenagers in age. Real quick. You need to be progressing in the right direction and not easing up. What happens usually is you're in the church and you're a kid and you're growing and somewhere in those teenage years, you start to come to church and you fold your arms and you kind of ease off. And you just kind of pull back a little bit. That's the wrong thing to do. You ought to press in. We've given you youth pastors and youth group and life groups. We've given you activities to do. We've given you resources. This church wants you to be involved. You should not say, I'm only 15. There's no place to serve. I'll wait till I can serve when I'm 20-something. No, you serve when you're a teenager. You get involved. You are in the process. You dig into the word of God. You learn how to cut your own food up and eat it yourself. You keep pressing forward and moving in the right direction. And when you do that, you'll be prepared for the attacks of the enemy and the things will happen. Right about in your teenage years, you'll be attacked in your faith. And the good news is when you come through the attack, you'll own your faith. It won't just be your parents' faith. faith. It'll be your faith. You'll own it. You'll have gone through the struggle and you'll own the faith. So keep pressing forward so you're not vulnerable, that you're not stale and dull of hearing, but you've got something. You've been feeding yourself. And youth pastors, I talked to our youth pastors for a second. Challenge our youth group. Challenge them. We have fun, but they need to develop their faith. We have activities, but they have got to be in the word of God. We need to raise disciples that are moving forward. Otherwise, they go off to college. And if youth group has just been fun and games, they get slaughtered in college. The whole things of the world come against them. We want them to be in the right direction with a great support system, moving forward, maturing, that when the attack of the enemy comes, they're able to understand the why and answer the why. A big problem for a lot of our, our teenagers is they don't understand the why of the faith. They stay on the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me, and they never get into the why, and they go to college and somebody challenges their why, and they don't know the why. And so they think, well, then my why must be wrong. No, it's not. You just haven't grown to understand. You need to mature to understand the why and be able to defend the why. When you go through the trial, you get the maturity. You know, you could say, you could say, I own this scar. I own this faith. I can explain it. 
And as you go through the trials, it, it produces within you a godliness and a patience within you. <laughs> how many know, going back to our group over here, how many know that spiritual infants are very impatient? Spiritual infants are crying, I need this now. I want it now. Children can throw temper tantrums. How many know teenagers can be impatient and they can say the wrong thing? And spiritually, teenagers can say the wrong thing. And mature adults are patient. Okay, let me illustrate this. Jesus and his disciples. His disciples were a bunch of spiritual young adults because bad things happened to them. And you know what they said? Jesus, we ought to call down fire on them. (laughs) Jesus is like, no, we're not. (laughs) A mature believer is patient and we're gonna love those people. Huh? That's what happens. God works within you patience. God works within you the ability to love the unlovable. And uh, that's what a spiritually mature person starts to look like. And that person then becomes so attractive to the world. Why? Because they look more like Jesus. They're more useful. And that godliness draws people to Jesus. So we need you to be more like Jesus so you can draw more people to Jesus. Because how many know the spiritual world is puzzled by spiritual infants? Like the world looks at, hmm, oh, they're happy now. They don't like spiritual children. The B-I-B-L-E answer does not. They don't like that. Many times spiritual young adults turn off the world because we say harmful, hateful things. But spiritually mature believers, when you love your enemies, when you turn the other cheek, when you sacrifice financially, when you go to the least of these, when instead of taking care of only yourself, you serve others, man, it starts to confound people. And it starts to make them see like, I want to find out if what they have is real. We need you to get there. We need you to get there. Now I know that there are people that are probably struggling and you're in a trial. I know that our church is full of spiritual young adults. And if you're struggling in a trial, I won't embarrass you. I won't, you know, have you raise your hand, but I want a different group to raise their hand. If you've been through a trial or a struggle, if you've been through tribulation, maybe you were persecuted, maybe you had a disease that you didn't want to have, but God brought you through it. Maybe you lost your job, you had financial tough times, but God's brought you through it. I don't know what your situation was. Maybe your family abandoned you, but God gave you a new family in Jesus Christ. But you went through the trial, you've come through the other side, and you own it now. It's yours. And God got you through it as a way of encouraging those people that are coming behind you. If God got you through it, right now, would you raise your hand and say, God got me through it. Come on, raise your hand. Look at that. Look around this room. God got us through it. God got us through it. He will get you through. If you are struggling, he will get you through your trouble. He will get you through your pain. He will get you through to the other side. We've been through it. We know he's good. He'll be enough for us. So God, I pray right now that we would be spiritually mature. I thank you, God, that our church is full of people that are new to the faith. We have so many people coming to faith. It's a joy. It's a joy to see that. And I pray that we continue to help them to grow, that they'd be spiritual children and learn the simple things of God and be obedient. But I do pray for that spiritual young adult that is there uh, wrestling with the why, wrestling with the obedience, the bigger things that you're calling them to do, the obedience things that they struggle with, of forgiving people that hurt them. Of, of being able to be a steward of their finances and not just thinking of themselves, of being able to serve and not saying church isn't just about me taking in, but it's about me giving. 
about those things that you're whispering to them and you're saying, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Go to Holy Spirit retreat day. These things that they're wrestling with, God, I pray that they'd break through so they could be spiritually mature, helping to reach more people for you. And I thank you, God. I thank you, God, that all of us can attain spiritual maturity. Thank you for that. Thank you that it's not just a few, but every one of us can do that. And I pray, God, that you would help us to mature, to look more like you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Whatever level of disobedience is keeping us from that next, next level, I pray that that would fall into obedience. For each of us, it's different. But whatever level of disobedience is there, God, as we go from spiritual young adults to spiritually mature, help us to say yes to the things that the Holy Spirit is prompting us to do. I look forward, God, to more mature believers. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.